You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that is in love with German football. With me is Karami Kamil. What's happening, guys? He has the leadership and charisma of Lothar Matthäus and also Nicholas John. Hello, hello. Who is as wise as Franz Beckenbauer and just as old. <laughs> <laughs> I am Faisal American, who is slightly less terrifying than Oliver Kahn. Now, uh, we are going German today. According to the rumor mill, Manchester United are close to appointing Ralph Rangnick as their interim boss. Rangnick, uh, formerly of clubs like Stuttgart, Schalke, Hoffenheim and uh, RB Leipzig. Currently, he's the sporting director of Lokomotiv Moscow. Now, this guy is very influential in footballing circles, uh, having influenced coaches like uh, Thomas Tuchel and Jurgen Klopp. In fact, uh, Klopp is known for gegenpressing. Well, Rangnick is regarded as the uh, godfather of the gegenpress. So yeah, great appointment if it happens. Uh, definitely better than the uh, other candidates, right? <clears throat> Steve Bruce? <laughs> definitely better than Bruce. Uh, see, I find this quite... Uh, uh fascinating appointment and one of the most fascinating ones we've seen in, in recent years because in terms of his resume, Rangnick is very impressive. You know, like you mentioned, one of the most influential managers uh, to come out of German football in recent years. Um, so the knowledge and the experience is there, even though in terms of his trophy hall, maybe not so impressive. But Rangnick is also more of a team builder than he is a manager. And his biggest impact is not so much as a head coach, but working behind the scenes in sort of that, that director or football kind of position. At RB Leipzig, we saw uh, how he built the team up from scratch, first as a manager and then later on as, as director. And they went from the German second division up to the Bundesliga and eventually becoming uh, Champions League semi-finalists. So being a team builder, I wonder what he can do with Man United in a span of just six months. Uh, I don't think it's enough time for him to make any significant changes, don't get me wrong, as an interim boss, I think he'll get the job done in terms of, of keeping the ship afloat and getting the team to the end of the season. But I wonder if he can get the United players to change to his style, you know, or, or if they're even capable of doing so. Because remember, these are not players that he wants. This is a team that he, he is inheriting from, from Ole. And if you look at the one thing that Rangnick is famous for, or Rangnick's team, what, what, what they are famous for, direct high-intensity football, plenty of counter-pressing. One name that does not come to mind when you mention that is Cristiano Ronaldo. And Ronaldo is arguably, at the moment, United's biggest star. But it doesn't look like his style suits the new manager's style. So what, what's going to happen? Is he going to drop Ronaldo? Or is Ronaldo going to try to adapt? So it, it's very interesting to see how all this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, you mentioned uh, if they're going to play with a Rangnick style, at least they will have a style to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least United will have that. But I uh, totally agree with Nick because uh, Rangnick is not the kind of person that... He's not like the Mourinho type who comes in and brings you the trophy. He needs time. He develops the team. And to appoint him as interim manager for... Uh, reportedly said six months um, and for United players to change 
to adapt to Rangnick style and then when the the next manager comes in after Rangnick what happens after that do they need to change to another style and I think if they do not appoint Rangnick as the permanent manager then it's 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 down the drain what Rangnick has done for the next six months so it's it's I don't know. It's interesting and confusing, I think, for for United fans, at least to me, because, like like we said, Rangnick is more is more known for developing team. I don't know. I don't know. But again, I have to agree with Nick that he might be able to keep the ship afloat. Yeah. Now I have a sneaking suspicion that if he doesn't get the manager's job full time, United could appoint him in a director's role. Uh, maybe from there he can utilize his skills to build up the team, you know, as you say. But let's see what happens in the future. For now, uh, Michael Carrick is currently in temporary charge of United and uh, he guided them to a 2-0 away win at Villarreal in the Champions League. Uh, guys, uh, what do you think about this performance uh, compared to the Oli era? Not that much difference, I guess. Uh, they they got it late. Uh, they scored their first goal in, I think, almost the last 10 minutes of the game uh, through Ronaldo. And it wasn't even a build-up, I think. It was just them pressing the, the VRL's defense and then the defense made a mistake and then Ronaldo capitalized. So uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the change that I was expecting, but nonetheless, I wasn't surprised because Carrick has been Ole's second man for for the last three years. So Carrick must have some say or some some ideas of what Ole was playing, the style of Ole wanted to play, and I think he kept that for kept ninety percent of it, I guess. But a win is a win, nonetheless, and it's a good result for United. That's that's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 90%. I think that was even more. I think what we saw was just basically only version 2, lah, you know. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was an important win, lah, you know. You, you can't deny that it was an important win. But like you said, you know, not not much of, of an improvement um, under Carrick. They had their moments in their game, but other than that, it... It was like you said, like more, more of the same, you know, from from what we saw under Oli last time. All right. Uh, next up for United in the Champions League is uh, Young Boys, if I'm not mistaken. Young boys, eh? I don't know. You just want to play your waiting music, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm googling. I'm googling. I'm googling. <laughs> yes, young boys. Okay, so um, besides United, uh, Chelsea beat Juventus 4-0 uh, with uh, Chelsea and Juve level at the top of Group H. Uh, this is also Juve's worst ever Champions League defeat, right? Yeah, it, it was. And this was demolition with a capital D and another D word, dominance by Chelsea as well. Um, and, and looking at how Juve were playing, they barely did anything with the ball. So it's no surprise that they fell to... Uh, one of the heaviest defeats uh, in the Champions League. But f- based on what we saw from from Chelsea, I think the defending champions are looking really good to go far uh, in this year's tournament once again. And again, Chelsea is doing it without their main striker, Romelu Lukaku, while Werner came off the bench and did score in injury time. So I think the, the odds are high for Chelsea to do a repeat, maybe. Man City are confirmed as Group A winners with a match to spare. They beat PSG 2-1 at home and they did it without Kevin De Bruyne or Phil Foden. 
that shows what Pep Guardiola or City are capable of, right? Without De Bruyne, without Foden, without a real pure striker. And they just... I I thought they played PSG off the park. And questions... I think questions has to be asked of Mauricio Pochettino. And just to remind you guys, Pochettino is one of the candidates to take over at United. So... <laughs> Yeah, after after what we saw in that match, uh, I don't want him anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, Liverpool had a 2-0 win over Porto to maintain their 100% win record in Group B. Barcelona had a goalless draw against Benfica. Barca has second in the group and their next opponent is Bayern Munich. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Real Madrid had a 3-0 win over Sheriff. The Premier League is happening this weekend. Uh, leaders Chelsea will be up against Man United. Chelsea will be without N'Golo Kante and uh, Ben Chilwell. While Manchester United are Manchester United. Which is a joke I would have said if Oli was still in charge. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think? Well, we, we saw the quality that, that Chelsea is capable of. You know, when they absolutely demolished Juve in, in the Champions League. And if they can replicate that form against United, I think the Red Devils are in trouble. Um, again, I don't expect much from United, really. It'll, it'll be just more of the same under Michael Carrick like we saw under Ole. Um, you mentioned injuries for Chelsea, and I think that is the only thing working against the Blues at the moment. Um, even Lukaku, you know, they, they say he's fit, but we, we don't really know how ready he is to return. So if, and this is a big if, United can capitalise on Chelsea's injuries, then they stand a chance of, of coming away with something. But I, I honestly doubt it, like, based on how United have been performing this season. <laughs> I think it's going to be an easy win for Chelsea um, unless Jadon Sancho have something to say in the match. That's it. Meanwhile, Man City are at home to West Ham. City will be looking to make it five straight wins in all competitions. Uh, West Ham are coming off that defeat to Wolves. Yes, of course City will be the definite favourites in that match. But West Ham is flying quite high this season in the Premier League under David Moyes. So, aha, United, maybe you got this one wrong again. <laughs> and uh, let me check about West Ham. Eh? Ooh, two-hole music. <laughs> Uh, although West Ham just came off a defeat, uh, a 1-0, 1-0 loss to Wolves, but before that, they beat Liverpool 3-2. And I'm pretty sure they are, they are still in a good form and have winning against Rapid Vienna 2-0 in the Europa, Europa League that allowed them to to progress to the last 16 definitely will give them a boost against Manchester City. All right. Other matches of note, uh, Arsenal host Newcastle who are hoping that uh, boss Eddie Howe will be back from COVID. Liverpool are at home to Southampton. Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa will be looking to make it two wins in a row when they travel to Crystal Palace. And uh, Tottenham are away to uh, Burnley. Catch this weekend's uh, EPL action live on Astro. Finally, in badminton, the Indonesian Open is still underway. Lizzy Jia suffered a first-round exit. Uh, this happened just a week after his retirement at the Indonesian Masters. Now, BAM says uh, Zijia wasn't feeling any pain before the match, but it makes you think that uh, he needed more time to recover, right? It does, and uh, something does not add up 
in this situation for Zijak. Uh, BM said that he has fully recovered from the injury, but then against uh, unknown opponent from Denmark. Ke German, ah? Denmark, good, I think. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing the music for a third time, guys. <laughs> okay, against an unknown opponent from Denmark, he lost. Things are not looking good for Zijak, but maybe, this is my theory, just maybe, because Zijak is second I think or first or second in the world tour rankings he has sealed his place for the world tour finals next month so maybe that's why he opted to not go deep in this in this tournament maybe I don't know you also cannot rule out mental fatigue you know because you you talk about fatigue everyone normally thinks about you know just just the the physicality of it. But this guy has been playing in top tournaments since the Olympics. You know, there was the Thomas Cup, the Suderman Cup, and then like back-to-back-to-back tournaments. Um, You wonder if maybe all that is taking a toll on him mentally and and affecting his his focus for, for, you know, these... Uh, tournaments where he's supposed to be winning. Right. Speaking of uh, mental fatigue, uh, these two guys are mentally fatigued from all my bad jokes, so we're giving <laughs> a break for this weekend. That wraps up uh, this edition of the Podball Sportscast. Uh, thanks for listening. We love you all. I am Faisal American. I am Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas John. 